In this episode of The Money Lab, we get to talk about money stories around the choice of freedom or security and the typical American standard dream or nightmare. You're listening to The Money Lab Podcast, episode number 96, The Freedom Over Security Money Story. Welcome to the Money Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Wei Hong, and this is the podcast where we talk about money stories, tips, strategies, and interviews with some amazing people that have joined me to hopefully inspire you to create a lifestyle free of bad money stories, money anxiety, and stress. Now, there is a free ebook that complements the show really well. It's called From Money Anxiety to Six Figure Mastery. To get it, simply go to http go.thesixfigureacademy.com and get it there. It's the perfect complement to all the things we discuss on the show. It's free, and quite frankly, we've been told that it could change your life. Now, I'm really excited about the show today because I get to interview someone who is literally living one of my many dreams of freedom life on the road while building a sustainable and successful business as an entrepreneur. A few things you want to listen for in this episode is how choosing security more often than not compromises your freedom and why giving yourself the freedom of choice is such a critical part of your unique success. And finally, the importance of surrounding yourself with a support network to ensure your success and happiness in life. So my guest for this episode of The Money Lab is a brand and marketing strategist, which is so cool because I used to do a lot of brand strategy work in the corporate side of things. And she actually specifically works with female entrepreneurs that are ready to build a truly authentic, love that, and profitable brand that supports their desire for time, financial, and location freedom. And that's important because you're going to hear about all that because she used to work in public relations, communications, and a nonprofit industry for several years and she launched her online business in 2016 not during or before but after the birth of her son she's actually recognized in her industry as a leader in storytelling and supporting entrepreneurs in building and using the power of story to create a brand that magnetizes their ideal clients and builds a community with ease and this is another thing that i love she now travels full-time in a travel trailer another dream of mine with her husband and son after leaving her nine to five. So yes, that is possible. Building her multiple six-figure business and retiring her husband from his retail job. She loves connecting with women and supporting women and owning their story and sharing their message through their own powerful brand, which is a perfect fit for the Money Lab because we're all about stories, especially when it comes to your money story. So Michelle Knight, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited <laughs> to chat today. I know. And I'm more excited that I mean, more excited that I can actually hear you now because we were trying this a little bit earlier. Technology, of course, is always the best. <laughs> the best. It's so fun virtual. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, especially when it does work, right? So when it doesn't work, it's kind of funny, but it works out because how I was talking about you before by myself to myself really wasn't kind of working. So (laughs) it all works out the way that it's supposed to. Right, exactly. And so, you know, so today's title is all about, and I'm so excited about it, talking about freedom of secure, the freedom of security money story. And it's such an interesting paradigm to talk about security versus freedom and choosing freedom over security. So, so before we dive into talking about that, let's start like with every what every guest that comes on the Money Lab. What is what was your money story growing up that you had to kind of recognize? And because you work in the area of story, you probably have done plenty of work around the store, the money story that you grew up with that you had to overcome, embrace, and let go so that you could become this uber successful, full time traveling six figure business owner. Yeah, so I didn't know I had a money story until I became an entrepreneur. <laughs> and then... Which is usually the case, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I feel like, you know, I was actually just talking to my community about this, but 
I feel like when you're the one running the show and you're making all the decisions and you're the one that's like putting the products and the services out there and the one being paid for your time and your energy, you realize, okay, I've got a lot of stuff coming up around (laughs) my ability to receive money, my ability to talk about money. So yeah, so I didn't know I had a money story until 2016. And now I do this work I feel like I have to do it every single day. But my story was just your typical kind of working family story, right? Uh-huh. Like you you work really hard five days a week and then you make money and then that money typically goes to your kids so that they can play sports and, you know, <laughs> do things right. at school. And I was in theater, so dance shoes nice. and all that stuff. And then you don't have money for anything else. And so I think that that isn't like, it wasn't super crazy, you know? But the one thing that I I realized with my money story of like, you you work hard, you work every day, is that I did not like that idea. Like Mm. it never really sat well with me. And when I started doing my money story work, I realized that that's why I waited tables for all those years, Um, Mm. you know, because I liked the flexibility of that. I didn't love the whole going to an office and coming home, you know, mentality. And I also kind of grew up where because, you know, we were a family of four making, you know, middle middle wage, you know, there wasn't sometimes enough money to like pay the rent or these different conversations would come up. And and so I have a lot of that and kind of in the back of my mind of, of like choosing, right? You had to choose fun or you had to choose doing the things that you wanted to do or, uh-huh. you know, security, survival, uh, the right. house payment, the electric, those different things. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where my story is centered just around that idea. And so I grew up like, go to college, Michelle, <laughs> go to college, get <laughs> right. a job, work every day, buy a house, you know, buy your car, you'll have student loan debt, all of these typical things. Right. And, um, and, and when I started diving into my work, I realized that all along I had been kind of fighting along against this money story that yeah. like, you know, money was meant to give us security. Mm-hmm. And, um, and since then, and because of my a career that I've created for myself, I've, I've chosen something other than security, as you mentioned right. before. Yeah, no, <laughs> like I, complete I, and, opposite. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And, and there's something to be noted that the, your particular money story is probably some of the most common stories out there. And because it's so common, it actually makes it even harder to mm-hmm. eliminate because it's so entrenched into the culture. It's so entrenched as an accepted story that everybody just grows up with. You got to work hard for your money, you know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you got to choose survival first over anything else, because if you don't survive, then and then, of course, if you're in a lower middle class, then you you kind of have to choose, you know, does this money pay for our ability to wake up the next day or do we choose fun or happiness or mm-hmm. any of those things? And if you did, it's I can only imagine after years of just choosing not fun, not to uh, enjoy life what it does is kind of like you train ourselves not to even want those things anymore. I mean, what what were some of the things that you feel it had an impact on that kind of, you know, made it a little bit challenging as you stepped into, you know, entrepreneurship? Yeah. So, I mean, I, my husband and I had a lot of debt when I started mm-hmm. my business. Mm-hmm. And so, and I had, I had come to believe that debt was like very evil, but mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to make this change, right? I feel like Mm -hmm. debt kind of always weighed us down, but I wanted to make this shift and I knew that I couldn't do that without some equity, right? Without some money going into it. And so we really started to have that conversation of like, well, what if we were like investing in something like through that process? Because I just think Uh the debt was just something that you just always had. Like I mentioned student loans before, you know, you, you go to school, you have student loans, and then you work your entire life to pay them off. And Uh sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And you know, and this idea of like borrowing money was always like for a house, for something super tangible, right? A a Uh degree, a house. But I was like wanting to do that to start this business that may or may not work out. And so that was kind of the first big, you know, idea that I had to shift around money and what money can be used for. And, Uh um, And then I think the other piece of it is that I've always wanted to travel. I mean, you you mentioned that in the intro. 
I've right. always loved the idea. I didn't grow up taking a lot of vacations. It was that choosing. It just mm. wasn't something that was available to us. And right. so it was the luxury, right? It was definitely a luxury. Yeah. And we when we could go, we would stay kind of close to the to the house, you know, home a little bit, a couple hours, or we'd go to Florida, which is a big thing that we do from Missouri. We go to Florida. And uh <laughs> And so the first opportunity that I had to travel was actually my grandmother um, got a ticket to go to Belgium when I was in seventh grade to visit my aunt and uncle. And she traded her first class ticket in for two coach tickets and took me with her. Oh, nice. And so I, again, kind of a bit of a sacrifice, um, you know, story there. My grandma had to sacrifice that, but that was my first taste. And then every opportunity that I had, I just like needed to travel. But I always felt like I had to choose between Mm. travel and paying. It just continued into my adulthood. And then when I was creating this business, I was like, well, how do I make this not a choice? You know, like, yes, I could make more money, but could I also just shift my thinking around my everyday life so that this value could be something that we get to experience um, more and more? So Luckily, I married a man who has the same value, and and here we are. So I think the two biggest things for for me were the the idea of debt and what debt means, Um, looking at it as a a lack rather than something that you could use to invest in a shift or a change, which is exactly what I did in my business. And then this idea of travel being this luxury that Uh only a select group of people could tap into. Right. And before you got to where you are today, obviously having broke through some of those blocks, right, that you mm-hmm. had around the whole money and debt piece and having to choose, uh, were there moments that you didn't even know that that story was running in your unconscious neurology that that you said, I don't know what's going on. Why is it that I'm feeling this 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 stress around um, the debt or the stress around? It, was there was there a moment where you were building on this where? That money story started to run its run its course, and you didn't even realize it yet. And it was causing um, maybe more, I mean, every entrepreneur goes through this, but at a moment where you're like, I think I should just give up and go go back to normalcy or what I think or I was taught what normal is. One hundred percent, especially that first year, because I wasn't making the money that I kind of had thought in my brain that I would make right out of the gate, as I think uh-huh. many entrepreneurs do because uh, I didn't know right. what I was doing. <laughs> and uh, and so I went back and forth for a really long time. And we yeah. actually had to, you know, ta- make some decisions that first year uh, when I, after I had left my job of, you know, uh, student loans and like, do I defer them or whatever? And, and I remember like crying and being like this, I feel like I'm going backwards. Like mm. I had a job, I'm going backwards because, you know, I've been told that just make your freaking payments and like do your things. And, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I'm lucky my husband does not have a very uh, complicated money story. And right. so he was always like, we can do this. Just trust it. Like keep going. And so there was a lot of that, that first year into that second year of just yeah. the kind of stripping away these old beliefs of what was right. possible. And then when I started to see it happening, I was like, whoa, you can create wealth, yeah. right? Like you can mm-hmm you can absolutely create wealth and the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. But again, that didn't really shift for me and a lot of the work until probably my second year in business. Right. And, and were there moments where you you thought you were breaking through a little bit and then something just kind of sucked you back, kind of like the mafia, it just sucked you back <laughs> in, back into that old story? Were there moments where you're kind of vacillating between breaking through and not, not yet breaking through and there's still tendrils holding you back? Or was it just like a clean break? Boom. As soon as you saw the light, you're like, I'm going for it. <laughs> no, I think it was always very messy and complicated. <laughs> um, like but if anyone, if anyone has a clean break, like good for you. No, I, I remember a very vivid moment where I had just celebrated like $15,000 in my business over mm-hmm. like 90 days. And this was mm-hmm. freaking huge because I had mm-hmm. just left my nine to five. I just signed my first client, you know, a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or, or three months ago. And I was like on a freaking high. And then I got a tax bill because Mm. I didn't do my taxes right my first year in business Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that I owed like $10,000. I was -hmm. like, what the frick? (laughs) Like we were just kind of like making enough to, to get by, to survive. Right. Right. We weren't even in the abundance. So that was like the first one. And then 
you know, just also getting to that point. And there's absolutely nothing wrong. Like your first 5K month, your first 10K month. But if you're like scaling and you have team and stuff, you start to realize that like, oh, wait, we need more than this, you know? So then it comes up this belief that you're like, should I have more than this? Is it okay Mm. to have more than this? Because of the old money story showing up again, saying, yo, 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 you're doing fine. You're surviving right now. You can't have more than this. Right, because if you have more than that, you have a higher tax bracket, which means you're going to have to make more money. And then, uh, <laughs> Well, and there's that idea that like, I think we tie so much of our um, success in business to our own worthiness. Like uh-huh. you are not worthy of making this much money. Your parents mm, didn't make this much money. Your right. grandparents didn't make this much money. Your friends don't make this much money. Right. Who are you to be different than that? So yep. there's been a lot of worthiness work that I've had to do to help yeah. with the money story. <laughs> oh yeah, we call we call that in our account the prosperity container that you enter the world with, right? Yeah. I think you and I may have had that conversation uh-huh. a couple of years ago, which is basically we're all we all we all leave the the nest with a particular container that we're used to, right? Whatever your parents made, whatever your friends made, just like the general consensus average of how much people made in a year. And if you were to break away from that, then it's whole new unknown territory which then creates a snapback effect where it's like, okay, I got to get back to my comfort zone, my prosperity container. Mm-hmm. And I guess unle- until you break out of that container, which you sounds like you've done, um, then that's when you truly get to create new boundaries, a new, a new container for you, your husband, your, you know, and pass it along to your kids or kid <laughs> and, yeah. and then, and then going from there. So um, what, what was if you can, I mean, what was that moment? Because there's always that moment, right? When we quit smoking, we don't quit smoke. Those that do smoke and then quit smoking, they don't eventually quit smoking because you're still smoking a little bit. So you never really quit until that moment where you decide no more mm. for the rest of your life. That's the moment that you quit. What was the moment? You know, because you have such a common story that, I mean, I'm sure there's so many people probably listening going, oh my God, what was her moment? What was that moment where she just, bam, I know my old my bad money story is gone and I'm actually stepping into the promised land, right? Mm, <laughs> yes. What was the moment that you said like, oh, that's it? I'm yeah. Good. I think it was an action. I mm-hmm. think it was, you know, um, and you and I have talked about this uh, a couple, mm-hmm. you know, a year ago, but 2018 was a really hard year for my family. We right. lost... Um, my grandmother and then we lost my mother-in-law in in this Mm -hmm. to to cancer and this wasn't our first loss i actually lost my brother to cancer um 11 years ago so this this kind of reminded me in a way of like the purpose of life and i think that big kick in 2018 and then making the decision to say you know what I know what is possible. I believe in the ability to create wealth. I am going to release these old money stories and I retired my husband from his job. Right. And so it was kind of that action that was like a commitment to myself in that uh-huh. same moment, releasing the past beliefs that I was carrying. Right. So so that's interesting that you say that. It was a commitment to yourself, meaning that you were tired of living somebody else's definition of who or what you were is that was that does that sound about right or yes 100 (laughs) percent. yeah (laughs) and i think that's always been an internal struggle for me Mm -hmm. and something i love to talk about is this idea of who i was supposed to be and Mm -hmm. you know i was that girl that um you know i was salutatorian in my class did all the things was supposed to go to college you know was supposed to get was just supposed to do all these things and I'm so far away from what I was supposed to be doing from other people, (laughs) so far away. And I think it was that moment of saying, not only just releasing the money story, but just past stories that I had been Mm -hmm. telling myself about what was possible and committing fully to this next chapter for not just myself, but for my family. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I love that you say say that or you said that because, you know, a lot of um, what we talk about in our camp is that everybody has a unique way of making money you know, mm. in this lifetime. And and that requires, in order to tap into that, requires you to fully own yourself, right? Yes. It's, it's like the, what the Greek philosopher, know thyself, honor thyself, so you can be thyself in front of others, right? And most people just get stuck on know thyself and then they leave it at that. But, <laughs> but it sounds like you went beyond that. You got to know yourself. You committed to understanding yourself more and which you almost have to do as an entrepreneur. But then I think in that moment, it sounded like you just said, I'm going to honor myself and I'm really kind of own the fact that I am me and this is my path. 
Yes. I mean, one of the things that I say in my business is um, uncover and own your story to write your own ending. So it's about uncovering all the crap, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and then the good things, the things that have been, you've been pushing down in your subconscious of what is true for you, what's in alignment for you, uncovering Uh that, then owning what is true for you, releasing what isn't, and then taking back the power to write what you ultimately want to happen. And Uh so it had been happening in like in small doses throughout my life. But in that moment, it was full, like, we're going all in on this. And simultaneously with my husband making the pledge to retire him, um, we also sold our home and bought a travel trailer and started traveling full time. So it was like a full step into the ultimate life that we wanted to live, our story. Yeah. And, and and by the way, I love that. I mean, you, you, you've taken a, a step into a dream I've had for several years and, <laughs> and I have yet to take that step to the point where, you know, some of my client, my, my friends that I've known me for years, I've been talking about for years as, Hey, wait, where's, where's the RV? I was like, it's coming. It's still on the list. <laughs> I'm going to check in with you about this now. Cause, and now, so will everyone else listening. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, all right. So we can maybe plan a boondock meetup or something. Yes. Boondocking meetup. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what boondocking is, it's literally disconnecting yourself from all u- utilities, technology, and essentially living independently of all infrastructure, I guess, if you will. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I don't know why it's called boondocking, but I know there's a cartoon called Boondocks, but I don't know what that has anything to do with what we're talking about <laughs> i'm so glad that you know what it is because i unless it's the rv world and i tell people we're boondocking they just look at me like i'm crazy and some people will ask and some people will be like oh okay yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's like I mean... <laughs> it's it's i mean you can definitely do this without that but um right. as we were talking about beforehand i love mountains and so i mm-hmm. need to be close to the mountains <laughs> and so yeah we yeah. go off the grid essentially Right. And I think that's exactly that's that's the perfect term to describe to go off the grid. And I already do that on a regular basis just to disconnect from the world, disconnect Mm -hmm. from social media, disconnect from technology, even though I love technology, Mm because, you know, like you, I'm not doing anything that I was expected to do. In fact, my parents still don't understand really what I do, but they're happy and they just kind of like settle with the fact that, okay, well, he helps people. And he's (laughs) sits well with all parents (laughs) (laughs) to help people. (laughs) It doesn't help people. It's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, they're at least they're not out there being, you know, um, you know, felons or anything like that. Right. (laughs) But I, you know, I think, I think it's, it's so interesting to see that, you know, part of what you do for a living is kind of convenient that, or maybe it's not a coincidence, but, uh, but it seems coincidental that you chose a method to your business that has, that you got to benefit in your own life. Like understanding the good stories, the bad stories. So just to let people mm. know that there are good stories that we can keep. We don't only have to let go all stories. You know, there's good stories and bad stories. But I think the problem is that most people don't understand how to discern Mm-mm. between good stories and bad stories. Right. Well, and I think it goes back to what you talked about. It's, it's like your container is what you're born in. And I, yeah. I talk about this a lot outside of money, but just like, uh, mm-hmm. what are you expected to do? What have you been told makes you a why well, use right. air quotes, good girl, right? Like right. for women specifically, are you told that you have to like get married and have a house in the suburbs? Like how does right. that actually feel for you? Right. Um, and so, it, yeah, it was through kind of entrepreneurship. And what's so interesting is as I started to make more money, I actually wanted less which was huh. very interesting, yeah. um, you know, because growing up, I was like, we're going to have a, I'm going to have a giant house and I'm going to have like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to wear like high heels and the best clothes. And like, that's amazing. <laughs> but then when I actually like through being an entrepreneur and doing a lot of this work, EFT, all kinds of different things, I was like, wait, that is actually not in alignment with like my vision for myself. It was right. just so much weight of what my friends wanted and what other people in that container. So right. that's been really interesting because the more that I've made, I've desired less stuff right like right and less of the house and less yeah well it sounds like you're you're taking a more authentic approach to creating prosperity and money flow in your life and it's not to say that there's anything wrong with wanting stuff because there are people who absolutely thrive in wanting stuff i mean you know a year over a little bit over a year ago you and i had that conversation about you know the different uh alchemic makeup people have different levels of refinement we were just talking about you and your your husband right mm-hmm. in terms of the differences in the refinement and and how certain things bug you but things certain things don't even bug him and i <laughs> i think there are there are circumstances where 
it's it's not to say that just because you don't like stuff and you want less stuff doesn't mean that it's wrong for somebody to actually want stuff because that's a different person, right? Totally. And that's why authenticity, you know, it came up in mm -hmm. the intro. It's come up a couple of times. Yep. I'm all about like, do what is authentic to you, not authentic to me, not authentic to the influencer that you're watching, not to your parents. Like that's not right. authenticity. Authenticity right. is, is that beautiful alignment of living out what you believe, what you value, what you foresee for your future, and then living that out in all aspects of your life. Yeah. So if you run a business, if I meet you in person, I expect it to be the same. <laughs> as what I see on Instagram. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's, you know, that's so funny that you say, say that because years ago, and this would happen often, I would go speak on stage and I would come off, come off stage and I would meet them after the events over, over at happy hour or over at the bar in mm -hmm. the hotel. And then I would meet some of the people who are in the audience and they would actually be like completely shocked that I'm the same person on stage that I'm same person off. And I said, why is that? Am I not supposed to be? And they look at me and they tell me all these stories. And which led me to kind of observe that there is this proverbial glass ceiling that people impose on themselves by having that dissonance, right? The lack of mm -hmm. authenticity, you know, um, but before we get too far off track, you know, I want to I want to help people understand and maybe inspire people to understand to see because everybody, every entrepreneur has a niche that they can step into. Mm -hmm. And um, it'd be it, I'd be interested to, to hear about how you ended up getting into storytelling where you did you just start off wanting to do what it is that you do right now for female entrepreneurs or on branding and marketing but more importantly around the area of storytelling or was it did it something was it something that just kind of evolved based on your path and dealing as an entrepreneur it was definitely an evolution so i okay. i actually started with the idea of having a business with my husband so mm -hmm. i wanted to get this stuff going so i didn't have to go back to work for long after having my son mm -hmm. and um we were like let's combine our knowledge right i know communication and you he's a great designer so i was like let's mm -hmm. create web and branding design so we worked on this entire business idea and then in may of 2016 we put it out into the world and within two weeks i was like hey guess what i don't actually want to do this <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there's this world called coaching that I would like to explore. And so I started look and he was like, thank goodness. Cause I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do this. My husband is not an entrepreneur. He will tell yeah. everyone that. And so he was of course doing it cause he will support. Oh, he's just being a supportive of, husband. He's so supportive. <laughs> I'm very lucky. And, yeah. uh, and so he was like, okay, thank goodness. So I started exploring this more and I created a brand and then put that out into the world. And then I was like, okay, I hate this. This is not me. Like it was gold and pink and <laughs> sky blue. Like I use colors right. as an example, but if you meet me in person, I wear like right. green and deep orange and yellow. I'm basically fall. I walk around like a, a tree yeah. in the fall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just my personality. And, right. um, and I looked at it and I was like, how did that happen? How did I create this representation of myself and it be completely wrong? I didn't hire it out. I did it myself. And that's when I started to think like, who am I? <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never actually sat down and been like, who are you, Michelle? Like, what mm -hmm. are the things that you love? What are you drawn to? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And so I started to do that. And then I started to explore more of the idea of just showing up with what I had online because mm -hmm. I felt like I was starting fresh. I hadn't signed a client yet. I was like, all right. So I just started talking about my son and the things that I was going through and leaving my nine to five. And I started noticing that women loved it. And mm. I would get emails and I would get responses. And so I kept diving more and more into it. And and so it's evolved over the years. What started as just a, who are you to pick your brand colors has now really become a, how do you even just tell great stories online to market your business? Right. So I love to integrate storytelling into every single aspect of entrepreneurship, but yeah. it happened by accident. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, but maybe. you know, I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, God, I mean, it, it, what, what I loved about one part that you said was that you, you paid attention, you were paying attention to what your audience was loving on. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you know, I, I think most entrepreneurs who do really well are actually listening to their audience, are paying attention to not creating a solution that they think the world wants, but creating a solution that the world is actually letting you know that they are needing and wanting and and, and loving. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that's what happened. It sounds like that's what happened because you actually were going out there. And, and this is what I love about the world of social media, the world that we live in today, where 
you can allow your audience to kind of help you find that niche that you that resonates with you. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's what I encourage. Listen, it's amazing how much we can learn if we just listen. Yeah. Because people love to talk about the things that they need, right? If we just pay attention. Exactly. But sometimes we can like be in this bubble and we're so mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And so when I started sharing those stories and then women started responding, mm. then we started to build these relationships. And, you know, I've had multiple conversations with people at conferences and things, and they couldn't believe what I was able to do with such a small community. Right. You know, like I hit six figures in my business with like maybe like, 2,000, 2,000, 3,000 subscribers, like, because I just listened and had conversations and I still talk to some of my first clients with client retention. So there's just this idea of your community is everything. And I Mm -hmm. I tell my clients all the time, without a community, you do not have a business. You know, you need people to speak for you. You need people to pay you. And building that community is a lot easier when you're your true authentic self and you're, you know, incorporating storytelling. Right. It's the quality of a quantity conversation yes. you know, that people have kind of been, been recognizing. I mean, it, you know, I, it, it's so funny that you mentioned that story because I was asked to be in a summit a few uh, several years ago and after they were, they were doing their onboarding and the interview to see if I would be a good fit. And the person who's interviewing me was like so excited. like, oh, my God, you're a perfect fit. I can't wait. We just have to get a couple of things out of the way. You know, how big is your list? We require mm-hmm. a minimum of 5,000. And I'm like. Uh, I don't have that. He says, oh, what do you have, 4,000? I'm like, no. He's like, how big is your list? I was like, I don't know, 500? Like, yeah. He's like, wait a minute. How are you able to do all this in your business with a 500 email list? Because I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really use the list. Yeah. You know, I, I, I show up in different ways. I, I speak on these summits. I speak. <laughs> and so they said no to me mm-hmm. because I didn't have enough people in my list. That's crazy. And it's it's interesting because it became the standard. And remember that t- there was a period of time it was a standard like you have to have that otherwise you're not you don't qualify to be in our 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 platform or our summit or I think it still is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I get so many emails about summits. Right. Yeah. And you know, I'm all about like I love email marketing, right? But right. I don't mm-hmm. think that that number tells you anything. No. I want to know like doesn't. what's your open rate? Right. <laughs> Are you actually converting? those people? Mm-hmm. Are they clicking? Do you have conversations? Do you know any of their names? Like, right. I think that it, it just goes down to the idea of relationship marketing exactly. and wanting to actually, it, your mission has to be deeper. Mm-hmm. Your why, whatever you want to call it, has to be deeper. And you have to care about your community. And I think we talked about this, but yeah. I, I'm super passionate about it. And uh-huh. I think so much of that just really comes from, you know, just who I am as a person. Yeah. You know, genuine exactly. conversations. Yeah. Real. Right. Real. real. Yeah. Real. You, you, you know, it's and it's so important now in this day and age and branding marketing and the way the world is structured that if you're not being real, it, it, all have, all people have to do is click a few things on the Web and they'll figure out that you're not being real. It's so easy. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's I, I love that. But I love that piece of it. But I can understand yeah. how somebody who is not their mm-hmm. authentic self, uh, that freaks them out. You know what I mean? Yep. And I also think that as a consumer, everyone's talking about the same thing, right? As a consumer, right. I can find somebody, you can go on the internet, you can Google it because I'm on page one, so you can search for me, but you can find like right. 10 other branding coaches. Right. What is going to make you come to my neck of the woods and trust me with your investment over somebody right. else? It's going to be that connection. It's going to be that right. relationship. And I'm here for it all the time. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So you had you, you started to pay attention to your audience and they said that they love that storytelling piece. And I think I think a lot of questions will come up in terms of people then. OK, great. I get past my money story. Now I'm finding my niche. But then if I'm going out there on social media and I said people also like me talking about whatever, um, how I peel my kumquats at home and so they love those they love those recipes. The question is, how do I monetize that? How did how did you figure out? Say, okay, great. How do I how do I take my storytelling this and turn it into a business or um, a message that people can say, okay, cool. I want to buy into that. That's mm-hmm. something that I'm willing to invest in for myself. Yeah. How did you yeah figure that out? 
Well, I think that I think there's a couple different angles, right? I understand that there are a couple different types of consumers. There's people who are not different types of consumers further along in the buying process, right? Mm-hmm. So there are people who are further along in the buying buying process. They are, you know, solution aware, and they're like, all right, I know that my solution's out there. I need to find a product or the product aware, and so right. they're going to Google. They're going. They're looking for somebody who can help them. They're looking for those different things. That's great. But then there's this whole other market that is like, I know I have a problem, but I don't really know what's out there. And so Mm -hmm. my logic and my thinking has always been that the people who are aware of the solution, who are aware of the product in that stage are looking for someone to connect with, right? So you can do that connecting with my Insta stories, connecting with the fact that I travel in a trailer. It doesn't have to be the fact that I'm awesome at branding. You can learn that on my website. It's through like the social media channels. But there's this whole group that needs some assistance (laughs) with like trust building and understanding what's out there. And so I found that, well, storytelling, I didn't find this, but storytelling allows your content and things to be more memorable, right? 22 times more Mm -hmm. memorable is the statistic. And Mm -hmm. so if I'm putting content out there that is like, you know, branding, you need branding, and this is exactly what you need, my audience is going to be like, okay, cool, but they're not at that place where they're ready for it. If I can tell great stories with my pitching with my mm-hmm. selling, but then mm-hmm. also keep them entertained <laughs> with right. just all aspects of my life, they're more likely to trust me and buy from me when the time is right. So I have so many women in my community who've been with me for six years, a year that are now like, I, I want to invest. You know, they they had right. to maybe go through, but they didn't go find somebody else. They're like, I trust you. I know you. I'm mm-hmm. ready now. And so- I think for me, what I've really focused on is this concept of brand containers. And that's something that I teach where like your product, your service is only a piece of that. What are the other connections that you have that your audience is interested in? I mean, Uh I know that when I post a picture of Cal, my son, Instagram, Uh people on Instagram love it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they love that I talk about being a mother and that I share that aspect. They love that I talk about traveling. I don't teach traveling, but I know that my audience has these same desires. They have these same connectors in their life. And that's what I'm focused on, just building that trust and that relationship and -hmm. then allowing, you know, obviously my launches and different aspects to just sell in that moment. But it's about the whole picture. Because I think if you are only focused on just the product or the service and that person's not in a place where they're ready to buy that, you could Uh lose them. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just like a sell. It's like a hard, hard sell moment, right? Right. Um, and if you sell when they're not ready, they're not at that buying stage. Then they're also like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I like, know nothing ooh. about you. Why would I do this? I know. Turn off, right? And then yeah, they're, and then they're gone, and it's that moment. <laughs> so, so here, here's here's an interesting thing. Is so when when you figured out that people love the stories and everything. Um, did you immediately think, oh, cool, now I'm going to help these people with brand and marketing uh, as, as, the, as the vehicle of creating revenue from that? Or was there a moment where you weren't sure on what that was? Or was there a moment when you chose branding saying, ooh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty competitive space. Mm-hmm. Do I want to go there? Yeah. Especially having come from public relations. Yes, totally. So I always had a love for branding because of personal branding specifically because Uh of the ability to just show up as my true self online, people build a connection and then make money from it. I was like, well, this is sweet. (laughs) Like, this is awesome. So I always was interested in branding, but yeah, I definitely started to think like, okay, well, what separates me? What differentiates me? And mm-hmm. so I, I've tied it to the art of storytelling, right? Storytelling w- within yourself, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of uncovering your own story, this whole uncovering and owning your story, figuring mm-hmm. out what makes you authentic, how you want to show up online, mm-hmm. um, what, what, how you want to build relationships, how that plays a role in your offer, mm-hmm. doing that aspect, and then tying storytelling into the marketing of what are the everyday pieces that you're doing. How are you emailing your list? How are you telling stories on your webinar? How are you t- telling stories in social media and video? Right. And so once I recognized that storytelling was something people were craving, that mm-hmm. it it was kind of around the same time that like, I think it was like 2016, 2017, where it was like, People were starting to kind of 
question automation a bit mm, right. and just like how do we make this feel human again and so storytelling uh -huh. was i was lucky because it was rising it was just becoming right. kind of a buzz conversation and so uh -huh. i was like i'm gonna ride that wave i'm gonna get right in on that um and i also talk about emotional branding which is something that i've really put a lot of emphasis on on mm -hmm. you know making that emotional connection which leads to the buying process so right I think it was about just like continuing to carve down and getting specific, but also talking about stuff that I want to talk about because I don't want to talk about your brand colors. Sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk about your fonts. I know that that can have, we can pick those very quickly. You can take what we do together and work with a designer. I want to talk about the meat right. of your brand, the heart of your brand. Uh -huh. And so that's to me a storytelling. Yeah. And was there ever a moment that you sat there and I'm, and, and I think almost every entrepreneur goes to this, but maybe you, you, you did or did not, uh, which was like, wow, this is really competitive. Am I, is this going to happen? I'm just like, oh my God, what am I going to go up against before? I think, I think you've already realized that you, you've carved, carved out your own specific approach and methodology of being a branding marketing strategist. But was there a part of you that at one point that said, or was there any part of that process where a, a a money story started to kick in and say, "Ooh, I don't know, would this be the best thing to do? They're so competitive. Uh, what do I do? Yeah, I think both. <laughs> so <laughs> with the money story, I think it was when I decided to make the switch to not focus on the aesthetics of mm -hmm. branding, people mm -hmm. got really confused. You know, okay. like new people coming in would just be like, um, right. you know, well, can you do my website? Can you do this? And I was like, no, but then that money story was like, should you be doing that, Michelle? Like people are willing to pay you to do this. You need money. <laughs> should right. you keep doing this? And so that was one piece of it. And then I also think, you know, within the last year or so, more and more people are talking about story. So then there's that feeling of like, there was that like split moment where it was like, hold on, now this area is getting kind of, you know, mm -hmm. crowded. And so you know, I've made tiny little shifts, but at the end of the day, I'm like, look, the reason, again, that people will ultimately work with me is because of what I bring to the table that is authentic than somebody else. Right. So I think I've experienced both of those pieces yeah. um, at different stages of my business. You know, and I love that you said that was like, I, I think, especially in the very beginning when you're looking like, okay, is food going on the table? And this person mm -hmm. is willing to pay me for this. It's sort of what I'm doing. It's close <laughs> to what I'm doing, but it's not exactly what I'm doing. But It'll it'll pay the bills for this month, but mm -hmm. now you've got a client that's expecting a an aspect of your niche that you you actually aren't very passionate about, but you did it just for the money. Totally, and you know I don't get those anymore. Uh -huh. <laughs> I and, and and like I said, like I I get a lot of cold traffic from like branding, brand coaching, you know, uh -huh. branding, different things like that, personal branding, but mm -hmm. I don't get those questions anymore because I've just fully owned my mm. message and my voice and you can see it everywhere there's no question if i help you pick your colors or not nothing wrong with that i love me right. some graphic designers i got one <laughs> on my team i refer so many of my clients to a designer but there's uh -huh. so much more to branding that is right. just now really coming to the surface that without that heartbeat you you don't have a solid foundation of which to build anything from right so would you say that that you know, for people who are, are at that early point, like where you were in 2016, you're like, oh, I, I'm just exploring. I got, I, I know, I kind of know what's going on. It, it, would you say like the key is to invest as much as possible to really kind of taking full ownership of what it is that you love to do, what it is that you're here to do and, and, and putting your time, energy, and even money towards getting clarity around that piece to create the money flow that you really, um, that's sustainable for long-term. I think it's a combination of the two. I think it's a combination okay. of put your energy towards that foundation. And I always mm -hmm. say the foundation is what's your niche, right? Who's right. your ideal customer? Uh -huh. What are your messages? What are those core, I call them core brand messages. What are those core mm -hmm. messages that you want to communicate with your growing audience? What's your right. offer? You know, your right. framework or your offer or whatever. And then uh -huh. your authentic voice. Take the time to do that, but then you also have to take action. So, so many right. people get lost in the consumption in the right. beginning where they're like, I'm just going to learn as much as possible. But you need to be taking daily action on the things that you're learning. Mm -hmm. And that those combination of the two, then you're going to be like, oh, well, people are paying attention to me because I'm showing up and I'm 
talking to my ideal customer and I'm talking about, then you can add in all the fun marketing stuff, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love to talk about that stuff too. I love teaching funnels and SEO and Pinterest, all the different platforms. But if you don't know those core pieces, none of that stuff is going to work. Right. Right. It's the strategy and tactics versus the core foundations of what actually is going to create success in your life. And Absolutely. And, and if you... Yeah, if you don't understand like you said who you are, you're not going to want to do this every freaking day. Yeah. Like you you're just going to create another business that's going to feel like if you have the money story that I did, like creating another business that feels like you're just working for someone else or just working for money, and that's not what I want to do. Money is a great, fantastic, you know, um afterthought <laughs> of being able to put mm -hmm. my work out into the world and being able to make an impact in other people's lives. And that right. kind of, that really has to be the driving force. Otherwise I'd be unhappy every day. Why not I go work for somebody else? Cause it's way less stressful. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that, that's so, that's so true. I think, you know, every time I go and talk to a roof of entrepreneurs, not every time, but a lot of times I'll sit there and say, how many of you are entrepreneurs? Okay. You all crazy. There's nobody in their right mind. If they knew exactly what entrepreneurship, what was going to, what was required for you to be successful as an entrepreneur, nobody in their right mind would actually choose it. <laughs> right. Well, you choose it for the freedom. You right. know, you choose it for the possibility of what you are able to create with the freedom of time, with the freedom of resources, with the freedom to create your own wealth. But man, right. you've got to want it so badly <laughs> that yeah. you got to taste it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and I think it also comes down to what is your story around freedom, right? Because mm -hmm. everybody has their different a different definition of what freedom is. For you, it's being able to travel, being able to have the freedom to be go boondocking and go off the grid whenever you want to go off the grid and have your business continue to grow. Mm -hmm. Whereas some people may not have a desire for that. But if they try to do live your life, they're not going to feel free. Totally. Yeah. And so that leads to the title of today's episode, which is like freedom of security or uh, yeah, freedom or security. Right. Mm -hmm. I think so. Something choosing, like that. Yeah, something like that. So choosing, <laughs> choosing freedom or security, uh, the money, the, the story behind that. What how, how would you say that that was kind of that's kind of been that was like the pivotal choice that happened in your life in terms of freedom or security? What's I mean for because. I guess it depends on how you define security, right? Or freedom. <laughs> Absolutely. The way that I define security was you buy a house, mm -hmm. right? You buy a house, you work, you pay that house <laughs> payment. Right. <laughs> you right. know, you have a car uh -huh. and, you know, you just, at the end of the day, you know that you have that to come home to. Right. And I don't think that, I think there was a period of my life, um, especially right after my husband and I got married in 2012, where I was the one that was like, we got to buy a house. We've got to do this. And we, you know, like this is, I'm still living this old money story in this container that like, if we don't have a house when we're married, we're doing something wrong. Right. And, um, but then shortly after that, I just was like, well, this isn't fun. <laughs> it's like, I mean, we loved our home, but just like kind of the, it, it lacked a bit of excitement. And that's when I started to say like, hold on, like what's going on? And, and I realized that, you know, I had all these Pinterest as my jam. So I had all these Pinterest boards of all the places I wanted to go. I had uh -huh. traveled for about two years right out of high school. And I was like kind of longing for that again. And so I started to kind of pay attention to those signs. And mm -hmm. then, you know, with just like your money story, you just do a lot of writing <laughs> and yep. a lot of digging and a lot of like inner right. work of like, what do I want? Yep. And and I think as, as we talked about before, you know, I, I lost my brother 11 years ago to cancer and then we lost uh -huh. two more people within the same year. And it just yeah. really reminds you of like, you don't have forever. Right. You don't, it, what do you want to do? You, you better figure it out and you better do it now. And there right. was a big pull for that with my husband and I. And so for us, the freedom was what you literally see in like a postcard, like be able to go wherever the hell we want, whenever mm -hmm. we want. Um, and however you want. And however we want. Except right. for right now, I can't fly. For, is that right? <laughs> so, so if you're listening to this post, 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 post COVID. <laughs> I hope we're flying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You know. Hopefully by the time you hear this, it's post, 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 post COVID that you're actually traveling again. So, yeah. I mean, you guys had plans to go to Switzerland, right? To mm -hmm. to go um, um, Airbnb. Be backing or oh, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hop in, Airbnb, hop in. Airbnb back. Okay, yeah, whatever. Yes, yeah, so going from <laughs> hopping, Airbnb hopping. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> so, so, so here's the thing: is like everybody has their own definition of freedom. Was it scary, or was there any kind of uncertainty when it was like exploring to to take ownership of how you and your husband, or maybe just you, defi- defining and taking ownership of what freedom actually meant to you? It was really hard for me to admit it to people mm. because I've over the past couple of years, especially being an entrepreneur, I've had to have really hard conversations with people on who they think I am and the type right. of person and what they think for my future. And so much of that just comes from carrying that perfectionist label for so long and wow. you know, doing what was expected of me, doing it very well, even though uh-huh. it felt like crap you know, right. internally. And there's been a lot of healing that has gone into that, but that was hard. I mean, like I, yeah. we bought our trailer on a freaking whim. Like uh-huh. I had never stood in a trailer before. <laughs> I, we went wow. and I was like, Oh, let's do this. And you know, and though we bought it. Yeah. And I remember telling my whole family, and they were like, What? Like we had talked about it and hinted at it. Um, right. but there were a lot of hard conversations. So that was the hardest part for me, was yeah. just it was it was I had owned it, but now I needed to put a voice to it and right. really stand behind that, that commitment thing that we've been talking about. And mm-hmm. so yeah, that was really hard. My husband's like, Yep, sweet, this is great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so there's something to be said about that. I mean, one of the things we talk about all the time is how important it is to surround yourself with people that are of the same frequency or vibrator, mm-hmm. same thought process, same mindset, right? Um, how important was it? I mean, could you imagine being where you are right now had your husband not been there if it was just you? I mean, because a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that as well, which is they don't have a significant other. They don't have like a a, 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 a support network mm-hmm. that you had with your husband, it sounds like. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what, I, talk, I talk to a lot of women, too, who might have that, but they're not on the same frequency that they are at. Right. You know, are wanting to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, I wouldn't have this business today if it wasn't for him. I say right. that all the time. People are like, what role does your husband play in your business? I'm like, well, uh, it was his idea for me to leave my nine to five. And he's just <laughs> been like, yes, you can do this. And I'm fortunate in that. But you know, he's elevated me for yeah. so much of our, and we've balanced each other out. You know, There've been times yeah. when I've had to pick him up, but you bring up a really good point about like the friendship piece Mm -hmm. and just the people you surround yourself with. So I've made a lot of shifts in my circle of friends and I'm, I'm part of a amazing group of women who just, they don't understand what I do, but by George, they (laughs) support it 100%. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're like, I would never do what you do, but it's so you and it feels good. And they always want to hear about it and talk about it. And so you have to you have to surround yourself with people, even if it's just people on the internet, right? If you have to uh-huh. pay money <laughs> to be in a mastermind of people who get it, it could be one of the best investments that you make if that's not yeah. available to you like in your immediate circle. No, I agree. I don't think I'll ever be without either a coach or a mentor or a guide or or, or, or a a mastermind type of environment mm-hmm. ever again in my life because you know it's kind of addicting after you experience just how quickly life can elevate for you life could evolve for you having that type of resource why would you go back to doing it slow right <laughs> or hard or hard you know, yeah <laughs> right because that, and and that's the thing and i think that's why people you know make fun of certain entrepreneurs who are constantly investing in trainings and and growth opportunities and resources they say god you're spending i mean i got that from my parents they say like, how much do you spend a year Mm-hmm. It's like I allocate at least twenty five thousand, which I always spend more than, but at mm-hmm. least a minimum twenty five thousand a year on personal development, personal growth. And it's so funny because you know some some of my old school mentors are like, eh, "That's a lot." Wait, it's like compared to what? Compared yeah. to compared to me not getting that support that I sometimes don't get from the people closest to me. <laughs> yeah, right. You like you said you you have. When it's you and you're the CEO and you're the one, like that's a lot of weight on your shoulders and you can't carry all of that. And you need people that lift you up because you can't just have a dance party for 10 hours every single day to get your like (laughs) body going. Like I need to be able to text my girlfriend who's also an entrepreneur and be like, okay, this is what's happening. I also need to be able to celebrate with her and she understand what the hell I'm saying about a Facebook ad, (laughs) you know, like you just have to surround yourself with people who understand the, the, the world that you're in because it is very different. 
Yeah. And it's not just, I mean, in, in you sometimes have to, I, it sounds like you sometimes even have to give your husband a break from all that because oh, yeah. there are just certain things that, you know, to maintain the health of the relationship you have with your husband as a, not only as a confidant or support network, but also as a lover and a friend, right? That it's important to have resources outside of <laughs> your significant other to help make sure that you stay on point as an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, the first two years were, I feel I, I owe him, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I always say that like that man knows more about being an entrepreneur than right. some entrepreneurs because right. he constantly had to be my sounding board. So yeah, uh -huh. there was just that like level of, you know, needing more of that support. And it's been beneficial for him as well. He will tell you yeah. any day. He's like, this is great. I don't have to hear about Facebook ads. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 so funny because that's why I'm, I'm working on another book. There's so many books I'm working on, but mm -hmm. one of them is loving that entrepreneur in your life. It's a, it's a practical Ooh. guide for people who aren't entrepreneurs, but are married to one or is, or is living with one or something like that. Oh my gosh, that sounds great. Right. And it's it, the whole premise behind the book is that, yeah, it's for that person who doesn't understand that entrepreneur in the life. But it's also a great way for the entrepreneur to truly understand the person in life that isn't an entrepreneur to be able to kind of optimize that relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I feel really fortunate that my husband and I had been together for you know, I don't know, so many years, I don't even know, six years maybe, before I became an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so we had that. But if I were an entrepreneur and was trying to find somebody, <laughs> yeah. like first date, like, um, okay, so this is what I do. It's like explaining it to like your parents, best friend. They're just never going to get yeah. it. Oh yeah. It, it's, it's happened to me. I, yeah. I, I, I would be, you know, I still remember a girlfriend I had in the past where she sat there and she says, I don't understand your world at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it was frustrating for uh, for a long time, but she persevered and she actually figured it out. And she goes, "Oh, okay, I can never be an entrepreneur." I was like, "Okay, yeah. that's okay. you <laughs> do you, you, I do me, and it's okay." <laughs> totally, yeah. and I think it's that like it, you don't even have to get it, but it's the acceptance and the support. You know, just being there in yeah. those moments when you need to be lifted up. But then, right. like you were saying, not relying one hundred percent on one person to right. change their entire. They're going through their own money story, right? They're going through their yep. own stuff, and we're yep. expecting them to be like, don't you get it? <laughs> don't you understand? This is what I'm, we're going to do. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So, well, you know what, believe it or not, we could, I sound, you know, it feels like we, you and I could talk to the cows come home because believe it or not, we're actually getting close to the top of the hour. So oh. I want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Believe, right. Um, I think we could talk for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, but, but I want to make sure that because, you know, most of the time I'm, and if you haven't been listening, you were trying to listen to this in a wind tunnel and kind of could make out and couldn't make out half the words you're listening to. It's hard not to get inspired to listen, hearing about what you're doing for what you do for a living and what you're how you've structured the freedom in your life over choosing, you know, with choosing freedom over security. And so, you know, before we go into how people can get a hold of you, if they want to kind of, you know, pick your brain or even just go even deeper to understanding what you're all about through your platforms and through your stories and just to be able to connect with you and watch your stories. Um, if there's one thing that you can give people, like uh, whether it be they're seasoned entrepreneurs, even entrepreneurs just starting out around the freedom or security or a money story, something that can allow them to, you know, really own their story, which is what you're all about. Right? Mm -hmm. And that authentic voice, what is one thing that they can do like probably today, just kind of really trying to take to kind of start to open that up? I mean, obviously, we can't do everything just one day, but yeah, well, man, um, the biggest thing that I love to really encourage people to do to mm -hmm. help with the branding, to help with the business is the whole owning your story piece. So I, I recommend that people start to look at three transitions in their life and what each of those transitions have told them. So mm -hmm. as you're going about your life, something happens to you or for you or in a moment that changes the course of something mm -hmm. that you're doing, your thinking, your actions, whatever. What happened in that moment? What mm -hmm. were you being pulled to? What were you trying to move away from? How did that change mm -hmm. you? What lessons did you learn? And then that's like the tip of the very, very peak. And then it's about honing in on those and having more journal sessions or meditations or conversations with people of right. like, what's an expectation of who you should be and what feels most in alignment? 
Yeah. Oh, I think that's fantastic. That's a really good place to start. I mean, that that in itself is a lot of work. It, it, yeah, really sorry. Kind of it's going to take a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is that you take these little tidbits and all you need is that one little shift mm-hmm. so that you can, you know, so people can understand even more of, you know, what it is that you can do for them just to give them that taste and understanding. And when they start watching your stories and everything, it'd be like, oh, okay, that's what she's talking about. <laughs> I love it. And you know, I don't shy away from the work, which is the other thing. Like, even if uh-huh. someone asked me for a tidbit, um, I don't shy away from like, eh, this. so do the work. That's the other thing. Like, do the work, do the money yeah. story work, do the uh-huh. work because it will pay off in the end. And I think yep. that's what really separates entrepreneurs who are sustainable, not just make right. it because people can make yeah. it quickly, but sustainable right. and scaling right. um, mm-hmm. as opposed to not is they're willing to do the work. Yeah. In all aspects. I think, yeah. And I think where people get stuck is that they're willing to do the work. They just don't know in what direction they do the work that is going to yield the best results. And I think what I love about what you and I both do is the story because mm-hmm. hidden within the story are the gemstones of love sustainable change yes because oh right you should quote that <laughs> that's a quotable that's a tweetable quotable. Hidden within our <laughs> hidden within our stories of our neuro in our in our neurology are the gemstones of sustainable change yes right yeah so we can both use that in our camps because you do the storytelling from the marketing and branding standpoint i do it around the money piece so absolutely perfect. yeah having to trademark it so use it to the full uh, as much as you want (laughs) sounds good i'll give you a little bit of credit (laughs) okay sounds good all right so how do people get a hold of you and you know you say you actually have something that to offer our audience actually that they so that they can actually kind of get a, a even deeper understanding of how you help people kind of really kind of step into their a full ownership of their life for the freedom that they're looking for yeah so i have a master class it's called build a better brand. I mm-hmm. keep it very simple over here. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a build a better brand method. And it's a free masterclass that will uh-huh. not only will give you the foundational pieces, talk more about the foundational pieces of a brand, creating that uh-huh. beating heart. It also uh-huh. goes into mistakes that you most likely are making when it comes to mm. your branding and therefore your marketing. And right. if you're really paying attention, it also shows you how to incorporate storytelling through the masterclass itself. So it's kind of like a, a twofold where you get to see the storytelling piece in me, you know, Uh presenting the class. So yes, it's completely free and um, it's available at brandmary.com slash brand masterclass. So brandmary.com forward slash brand masterclass. Yep. Okay. So it's called the build your, build your own brand. It's a build a better brand method. Oh, build a brand, a better brand method. It's a BBB, build a better brand. (laughs) <laughs> not to be confused brand. with the Build-A-Bear workshop because no, it's not that kind of a workshop. Don't want to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a line out the door and that's not what I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's, what, that's what, I don't know why that popped up, but I guess this is all the bees and stuff like that. Build-A-Bear. <laughs> but, it kind of sounds like it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, so it's a Build-A-Better brand. If you go to brandmary.com forward slash, and we'll put that in the description in the comments as well. Uh, so if you, in case you your auditory is kind of, you know, not clear, it's it's brandmary.com forward slash build. No, brand masterclass. Oh, okay, brand masterclass. <laughs> build a bear. No, build, no, brand masterclass. So You're brand confusing Mary. the people. I know, I'm confusing. <laughs> I'm confusing people, won't do anything. Okay, so brandmary.com forward slash brand workshop, keeping it simple, okay? So, but, oh my gosh, okay, great. Well, I... I, I you know, there's so much more, and I'm pretty sure that down the road, if we have something else come up, because as we are, you know, where's Carmen Sandy or where's where's yeah. Michelle Knight today? <laughs> maybe we'll pick a time where you're in a very cool spot and maybe have you come back on to share something else in the world. But thank you so much for coming on this particular episode, coming on my podcast. And, you know, once you're in, sometimes we just kind of like having you back because, I mean, you were fantastic. I mean, if you didn't get something from this episode, Again, you're probably listening to it on mute. <laughs> you just weren't listening. <laughs> I, I love that. To... 
Check your volume. <laughs> is it on mute? Is that why you're not getting anything on this episode? <laughs> I can't even hear you right now. Um, no, I so appreciate it. I mean, when we first met in California, I was like, uh-huh. oh, man, we could talk forever. So yeah. I appreciate yeah. you having me on to speak to your community because I don't take that lightly um, mm-hmm. that you've invited me into your space. And so I just really hope that this was uh, informational, inspiring, um, and and, you know, powerful for your community. Oh, no, it was. It was. There were so many juicy nuggets in there. I can't wait to go back to re-listen it to kind of get some of the show notes together because it's it's going to be it's going to be great. And it's going to be and I can't wait till your audience sees a hopefully sees a side of you that they may not have, you know, um, heard yet in terms of the story or at least experience just do the dynamic of what you and I just went through. So Yeah, it's helpful when someone's asking you the questions. Right. It's like you just kind of show up and be authentic (laughs) and be real. Hey. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) That's why I like being a guest too. But I love doing this part of it because it's so it's so fascinating to me. So but anyway, we can. Yeah, we we can keep going. But (laughs) so that's it for this episode. If you found it to be valuable and know of someone else that could benefit from what we talked about today, sharing is caring. So definitely share it. And if you made it this far into this episode, then there must have been something good. So make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify to make sure you don't ever miss a new episode. And that's a wrap. Have an amazing time taking all the money, knowledge, and all the different stories today, especially about the branding piece as well. And join me on the next episode of the Money Lab Podcast. This is Wei and Michelle signing off. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.